G'day, g'day, tis a Tuesday and welcome to Slicks on in the Wet. It's episode one, it's the Belgian Grand Prix edition, the debut if you will, lots to talk about, not much racing but lots to talk about, let's get into it. Welcome one and welcome all to the Slicks On In The Wet podcast. My name is Charlie, this is episode one, and I'm feeling meh, meh to happy. It was an alright weekend, um, you know, full of drama, uh, but uh, Formula One, first and foremost, is racing, and we didn't see any of that, which was a bit disappointing, but, um, you know, as a podcast episode... Heaps to talk about, so I cannot complain one bit. Um, before we get into that, though, here we are, the Slicks Hunting the Wet podcast. I mean, I'm excited. I think I might be the only one, but um, at least someone is. So, um, yeah, here we are. It's episode one. And, um, yeah, I thought I'd just, before we get into it, just run through a bit of who I am, what I'm doing, why I'm doing any of this. And, um, yeah, so I'm Charlie, as previously stated. And um, essentially what this is, is it's sort of a a not-so-serious F1 podcast, I suppose, mainly because I don't know enough to be a serious F1 podcast. Um, I think I know enough, but, you know, if I say a very serious F1 podcast and then just start chatting shit, it sort of loses all credibility. But if I just say it's not so serious and then I start chatting shit, it's sort of, oh, that's, 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 the, that's the fun of it. So... That's just really protecting myself there. A little um, little legality from the start. Um, slicks on in the wet. I mean, for those who don't know, slick tyres on in the wet don't exactly work. I mean, you're out there, you're having a crack, but um, it's not working all too well. So that's what that is. Um, essentially why I um, I don't have many friends to... um to, I mean, I've got friends, I uh, I think, I hope. I mean, last time I checked, don't fact check that, all right? Uh, last time I checked, but yeah, um, I don't have any friends to talk F1 with, which I really love to do, so how else do you do that? By starting a podcast, so that's why I'm here, um, why you are, couldn't be sure, but that's up to you, so yeah, six under the weight, it is here, uh, essentially, so every Tuesday after a race weekend is the plan, um, I'll try to stick to that, no, I will stick to that. I think, um, just, yeah, every after, after every race weekend, we'll just, we'll come in here, uh, talk some absolute smack and then get out, so, you know, um, be good, hopefully, fingers crossed, but yeah, let's, uh, let's crack in, so, just before we get on to the Belgian Grand Prix, we had the summer break, now, I would argue, that that is a bit misleading considering in Australia it is the middle of winter so that was a bit disappointing on F1's front uh, the marketing team really need to fix that one up for mine because I was cold and people were saying oh what's, what are you doing summer break and Instagram's filled with uh, shirtless Lando pics um, on some beach somewhere which I personally didn't care for that might be a very unpopular opinion but you know when it's freezing cold here uh, I don't like to see it because I'm selfish so Yes, the the summer the summer break brought on a, a few things. Um, firstly, Japan was cancelled. Now I think we're about five minutes into this pod. 
Bummer note, absolute bummer note to start on. Uh, yeah, so the Japan Grand Prix that was scheduled for later this year has been canned. Uh, the second year in a row now, which is really disappointing because that Suzuka track uh, is sick. I really enjoy it. Um, the undulation, I think that's the word, undulation, is um, it's always exciting on any track. I mean, <laughs> we've seen it at Spa this weekend, but essentially the elevation change is what I'm talking about there, um, I think, uh, it just makes any, it just makes it interesting to look at, which for my big dumb brain is all, is all I need, <laughs> something cool to look at, but yeah, it really sucks because, I mean, it's probably the right call, uh, I mean, they just had the Olympics there in Japan and, I mean, we were scared about the Delta strain here in Australia, I mean, can only imagine the strains they've got going there, I mean, they're probably... They've probably done the phonetic alphabet by now. I don't know what they're on to. And, um, I mean, the Olympics is just a bunch of, uh, like, the elite athletes in their physical prime. So, can only imagine there's going to be a bit of contact there. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do with a bottle of hand sanitizer and a good attitude for mine. So, probably the right call in the end. But, still disappointing. Love Suzuka. Hopefully, they get it back. Because there's a lot of medium speed corners, which, fingers crossed, the next year's regulations will fix. Um, so, next year's cars on Suzuka may be very, very cool to see. So, fingers crossed we get that back. Um, it's obviously disappointing, but probably the right call for mine. Um, another thing that popped up, uh, came across my desk on TikTok. Uh, a video of a few videos of Danny Rick, um, sort of deliberately going onto the grass and spraying dirt to the bloke behind him. Now, uh, love it, sorta. Uh, it's hard not to love because it's Danny Rick, and it's a pretty good. It's a good one, you know. It's a good one, and um, I don't know how much it actually affects the aerodynamics or whatever. It had to be distracting. I think it was. Sh- Charles Leclerc behind him at Austria coming onto the, the uh, start-finish straight and um, it has to be at least distracting but obviously it's probably not the best thing, let's be honest. I mean, I'd hate to see if uh, Lewis or Max did it. Uh, they might be beheaded by now by uh, some certain fans that are out there in the Formula 1 community at the moment but lucky it was Danny Rick, the most loved man on the planet and uh, he could get away with that. So... Love that by him, but love it, but then let's also, let's just not do that again. I mean, we've seen, I think it was Roman Grosjean last year broke his finger, or at least had a really sore finger after a rock flicked up and hit him in the finger. You know, it's probably not the most serious of injuries. Um, I mean, at least in the context of Roman Grosjean's career. Um, But then also... Not really related, but I just wanted to bring it up. Felipe Massa copped a spring to the head, knocked him out cold, and he just, well, he was just asleep, so he just went straight to the barrier. So that, that's a tough watch on YouTube for you, if you want to look that one up. But, um, yeah, we sort of don't need stuff flicking up into drivers' faces when they're going upwards of 300 kilometers an hour, thanking you, Daniel. Um, obviously, after Silverstone, Silverstone, However, however you fancy, uh, Lewis v Max, the, the the debate raged on, 
and it's so fascinating as a neutral, like, I don't really care, I mean, I'd love to see Max win, just because Lewis has won the past, I don't know, 50, 60 years, rough, rough estimate, so, obviously, I'd like to see Max win, but the, um, these arguments between the stands are so funny to me, because they're just going at it profusely, but I reckon they just look as dumb as each other, nearly, I, I don't know, it's like they say the same thing, but just swap the names, but then claim the other one's dumb, it's like you've just said the exact same thing, so it makes no sense to me, that's the same with any argument though, I think the most extreme viewpoints are always pretty shite for mine, a bit of a fence to myself personally, so um, yeah, the debate rages on, but it's probably good for it, good for, it's good for the sport, you know, spice things up a bit, it's the best driver's championship since probably 2016, when Rosberg won, which is probably saying something, but uh, yeah, so I don't, um, don't hate it, you know, but it's also funny to watch, I love that, uh, the next thing, Dan Tickdom, Formula 2 driver, has been dropped from the Williams Driver Academy in what may be the stupidest move in 2021. Because, now, if you didn't see it, essentially, so Dan Tickdom was live streaming on Twitch. He came up with a, a clever little jingle to the tune of the Scooby Dooby Doo, Where Are You? Uh, that said, Scooby Dooby Doo, Latifia's Poo. In one of the more, you know, classical pieces of music we've seen. It's so dumb. <laughs> was that a good one, Dan? Did you really need to say, Was it worth your career? Let's be honest. Probably not. Look, I chuckled. I got... I made, like, a, a slight exhale through my nose. Was it worth your career? Probably not. Uh, Latifi is obviously current... Williams driver, and you just, you didn't need, all you had to do was nothing, and you couldn't manage that, Dan, like, what are you, and, like, if he's trying to get that Williams seat, the person he's going to be replacing is George Russell, leaving him with his teammate, Nicholas Latifi, so I don't know what he was trying to do there, um, very, very, just strange, uh, it's just <laughs> why <laughs> maybe he just knew he wasn't going to get the seat at all and just sort of gave up I think maybe still weird one weird one and I nearly sided with him for half a second I was thinking maybe because Latifi's a bit of a pay driver and there was people in the comments saying brother he's in F1 you're in F2 what are you doing and Dan came back with oh he's just he paid to be there and all this jargon, I thought, look, maybe he did, maybe Dan beat him in F2, and then, but then Latifi got the promotion, uh, no, that didn't happen, Latifi finished second in his final year of F2, in the same year, Tickton finished uh, 11th, so, you've really got not much to go on, sorry Dan, and um, just a strange, strange career move, a real shot in the foot for yourself. Bit of bit of cheddar bob about that one. Except he's cool. So yeah.
But yeah, so that basically wrapped up the F1 uh, summer slash horrible winter. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of weirdness. But uh, the F1 season it's chugging along, looking interesting. Right now, it's the it's the point we've all been waiting for. We'll get into this. We'll sink our teeth into this weird, weird, weird Belgian Grand Prix. Um, rain, rain, go away. Uh, possible vibe for that one. It was just so. It was a weird weekend in general. Just weird things happening left, right, and centre. Which for a, a Grand Prix, we had. I think it was four laps uh, in the race. Uh, one of the more interesting four laps, I think interest per lap is at an all-time high or at least storylines per lap because yeah lot lot going on um just before we start the race wrap every week the beverage of choice it's um a thing i might do i don't know um set the tone without stealing from any other certain podcast um so today in honour of the rain-soaked uh, Belgian Grand Prix, I've, I've gone with some of the finest rainwater Australia has to offer. And, um, yeah, so... Um, that's going to keep me hydrated throughout. Um, just for other examples, this will... It's like a weekly... Say there's a, a Red Bull 1-2. A can of Red Bull. Simple. You know, so... Um, just a little... Nice little thing to have, so... Practice, uh, Friday practice, not much happening, just a lot of spins. Um, no Mazda spins, which was good for him, bad for my predictions. But, uh, yeah, I think oh, everyone was going off. I think Gasly, Ocon, this is from memory, Leclerc did a chassis. Uh, he had to get that replaced. Excuse me, um, yeah, exit of turn five just got... Lost it and just went straight onto the barrier, which is unfortunate for him. I think Max lost it at one point. I'm not sure if that was Friday morning, but uh, Saturday morning, sorry. But uh, yeah, he lost just a lot of spins. Um, the only sort of dry running for the weekend, which I mean, at the time, should should have taken it in a bit more, if I'm honest. Um, should have enjoyed it because the rest of the weekend didn't go very well. Uh, the only we had that Alonso camera, the view, the point of view in the helmet thing. That was amazing. Rated that highly. I, I don't know what that's like for Alonso to have in his uh, in his helmet, but for the viewer, it was sick. It, I think there, I've seen a few YouTube videos about this. This might be getting into real nerdy territory, but cameras, they use a really wide lens now on like the onboards. So everything sort of looks... Um, Oh, maybe it's the other way around. It looks slower now. In the old day, you look back, it looks like they're going faster. It's something to do with the field of view. Anyway, this camera from Alonso, it made it look really fast. And I like that because Formula 1, if you watch it on TV, you can sort of be, get into the perception that it doesn't actually look quick. But, um, yeah, that was really good to watch. And you just see, like, his, his hands and his... You can see the dash. They pointed out that a lot. And the delta and what gear he's in and... So that was really cool to see. Um, rated that. Hopefully they bring that back a bit. As I said, I don't know what it's like for Alonso to have strapped in his head. Um, but yeah, good little insight. I didn't mind it. Bring it back. Thanking you, Formula One slash Sky Sports slash whoever worked that out. Now let's move on to qualifying. Uh, the Saturday, 
just got to say it. George Russell, take a bow, my friend. I am still in dif- disbelief that that happened on raw pace. Very happy it did. I, I, how can you have words for that? I was Everyone was surprised when you got into Q3. And for those who don't know, getting into Q3 guarantees you a top 10 spot. And then Russell has only gone and put it in second on the front row. It's ridiculous. I, I get that it was wet, but... It's, it's it's not like he was on a different tyre. Like, I initially thought when he got provisional pole that he would have been on a different tyre or something then everyone else was going to work it out and just he'd finished ninth or whatever. Nope. He, as soon as Hamilton just came in second under him, I, I don't even know how to describe it because I've never been more shocked at anything. That That's all I can say about it. But, um, obviously, Williams are taking massive strides. I think... Yeah, both score points, Williams uh, drivers. I think Latifi finished in the points, or at least qualified in the points, and then just uh, got a free ride. But, yeah, so that was uh, Williams from the up, and it's good to see because, you know, they're one of the, I don't, I'm not sure if they're an OG team, but they've certainly been there a while. It's a nice family team. It's a small team, and one of the teams you love to love. to love. A bit like, you know, your McLarens and things like that. But So, Unreal by Russell. Obviously, the other major thing with qualifying, Lando uh, was at the mercy of Eau Rouge and Radion, and the rain, to be honest, may have played a big part. Uh, RE, it very much did. He was the fastest. He was going for pole, um, which is really sad that he binned it. For mine, yeah, for mine, he was definitely the fastest over qualifying, so... Yeah, it sucked the sea. Um, obviously, we heard the uh, the radios from Lando and uh, Seb Vettel, especially, saying it's too wet, red flag it. And then five seconds later, um, Lando had his big old mouth wrapped around some uh, barrier. So, yeah, that was hard to watch. And obviously, good moment by Seb Vettel there, going up to see if he was all right. And thank God uh, Norris is all right, obviously. Um, like a sore arm or something, but it didn't seem to affect him too much. So, yeah, so, disappointing. I mean, McLaren were always going to be quick, I thought, just because of their straight line speed. At, at a power track like Spa-Francorchamps, uh, yeah, a power track essentially, because I know there's a few people who may not know F1, it's essentially, you have your power tracks and your downforce tracks. So, power tracks you got the most engine, you don't really need downforce because you're trying to go as quick as possible in a straight line. Downforce, a lot of corners, you need to be stuck to the ground and it doesn't really matter how fast you are, it's how fast you can get through the corners. So Spa-Francorchamps has these big long straights which means you need a lot of power. And McLaren showed that at Austria, they were really quick in the straights and that's where Lando, uh, yeah, Lando, sorry, uh, qualified second there. So, um, they were always going to be quick, and uh, they proved that Ricardo was fourth, qualified fourth, which is, I think, his best. Uh, not overall, obviously, but this year, so that was uh, good to see from uh, old Danny Rick. We love him here, obviously. But yeah, so obviously, tough day for Norris, but uh, you know, what what can you do? Uh, the only really other things... Stroll and Bottas uh, took their five-place group penalties for 
the <laughs> the infamous incident at Hungary where Bodas decided to go temping bowling and Stroll decided that pavement wasn't for him and that grass was more his thing and then quickly realised grass doesn't have any uh, attraction and just sort of just went on top of Charles Leclerc. So they, they um, obviously took them. I didn't actually at the time I was a bit surprised that that was a thing. Like you could take like a penalty, you get a penalty to be served at the next race. It's common sense. It definitely should have happened. <laughs> they both very much deserved a penalty. But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Obviously, yeah, Norris ended up starting in 14th, the poor lad, because he had to change his gearbox, um, which is a five-place penalty because you're not allowed to change. Actually, I'm not going to start saying rules that are not 100%. Essentially, Park Ferme rules means that you sort of have to have the same car from the start of qualifying to the race to prevent people uh, just making like really good in qualifying and then really good in the race. So you have to sort of balance your setup and obviously changing a gearbox is changing that. So obviously to some capacity. So you got a five place penalty for that. So uh, yeah, so he ended up finishing outside the points I'd imagine. Yeah. So that was uh that sucked for him, but um yeah, then we get on to the, the, the race, uh Sunday. The the race race is a generous word, I think. Um lots happened. <laughs> um a lot of rain happened. Obviously the big talking point Perez. What a I don't know what happened there. So obviously if you didn't see it, he crashed on the way to the grid. So not the so usually at the start, you know, it's a, they're on the grid, green light, do a lap, on the grid, lights go out, go away. He crashed about half an hour before that, just getting his car from the garage to the pit where they set it up and put it all, all the tyres on, stuff like that. Now, granted, I am sitting in my bedroom right now, but that probably shouldn't happen. <laughs> I, I don't know how hard it is to drive one of these. I can't imagine it's too hard, you know, chuck it. Chuck it in first, give it a few revs and off you go. But yeah, very weird one to crash it. There's no, you don't, he's just literally, it's like I'm going down to the shops to pick up tea. I, I don't know, I didn't have a, a good example for that. But yeah, uh, it was just such a weird one. He didn't need to do it. <laughs> Obviously, don't, no one needs to crash, but it was just, yeah, a very, very weird situation. And then back from the dead. Um, they said, well, initially they said, as soon as that happened, look, we're not going to get that car out, we're going to DNF, and then obviously, uh, rain set in, and then they knew the race was going to be, uh, at least, like an, an hour and a half delay, and they sort of said, well, can we bring it back? And <laughs> initially the FIA is like, no, you got, you got help back, like they had to put it on a truck, obviously, to get it back to the pits, and they um they said well the race hasn't actually started yet, and then the FIA took a bit and they're like yeah no fair enough, <laughs> um go for it if you can get that car right, I mean, power to you. So that was a, a very interesting circumstance and then I get it didn't matter in the end because he had to start from the pit lane, also known as 18th because or 19th because Kimi also had to start from the pit lane. And then Stroll got like a 10 second penalty or something. So he ended up finishing 
right down the bottom. So it didn't really matter. So, but still, it was a weird one. I, I love on the uh, the broadcast that we hear um, the FIA and the teams talking over the radio, which is really cool. It was a great insight. <laughs> it was sort of the Red Bull dude. I, don't, I can't remember his name, but the Red Bull guy saying, just explain, like, why. And then the FIA just came back and said, fair enough. Like, go for it, which was... Um, yeah, pretty interesting. And then not much else happened. They had a couple of goes. They had that start procedure. They had two laps under safety car. And then antics ensued. I think we had uh, we had Pierre Gasly asking if there's any sausages over the radio. He was a bit, bit nibby. Um, I hope they got that to him. It sounded urgent. Yeah, Danny Rick just reminded everyone that it's his 200th Grand Prix. Oh, that's another thing. Daniel X200 Grand Prix. What a man. I can't believe I mentioned that yet. Yeah, what a man. He, the real, the true leader of Australia, in my opinion. The spiritual leader, at least. And, um, yeah, a bit disappointing, obviously, how that panned out. He still got fourth. So, I mean, there you go. He's qualifying. It was uh, unreal. So, there's something. But, yeah, what else did we have in that rain delay? Had, uh... A lot of Instagram stories from uh, the likes of George Russell and Lando. They had a bit of fun. And had that uh, 2v2 soccer between uh, Hass and Aston Martin. I think it was a Schumacher and Vettel with a, with a, like a pit crew each, a crew member each. And I think, uh, I don't know how real this is. Um, Hass actually came out on top. Uh, first win of the year. And I would argue that's worth uh, a few, at least a few points in the Constructors' Championship. I'd give it to them. I don't think they're any danger of scoring any more. So, yeah, chuck them a few. You know, that's that that's their win, Haas. Go on, your Haas. Maybe should they change? You know, sack off Messi or Ronaldo in the Premier League. Oh, Messi's not in the Premier, but just get Mick Schumacher in there. You know. Chucking it. I'm not about to talk soccer. I don't know soccer. Stop, Charlie. Um, what else did we see? Not much. Whole lot of rain, uh, which was disappointing. But um, yeah, so obviously Max ended up winning. Uh, just it's just the qualifying order essentially. So Max winning. George got the podium, which oh, still sounds ridiculous. He comes second. <laughs> I I don't. I have no words. For that, and then uh, Lewis Hamilton obviously rounded out the podium. Just some key points. Uh, that, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Williams scored both Williams cars scoring two weeks in a row. I don't know where the last time that was that happened. I knew the last the last podium they had was 2017 with Lance Stroll at Baku, if I remember correctly. But yeah, uh, underrated. Uh, little performance. Seb Vettel in fifth. I th- he's definitely outperforming that Aston Martin car. I don't think that Aston Martin car is very good, but Aston uh, Seb always just seems to be the mix. Um, whether that's just the Seb of old coming out or Stroll sort of making the car look bad. Because, I mean, Stroll went out. Um, he was fifteenth in qualifying, and then obviously got that fireplace grip penalty, so he started from the back, which. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so, ugh, such a that's a that's a big gap. <laughs> um, 
yeah, don't know what to say about that really, other than I hope it's the Seb of old. Well, he's obviously doing something right because he he's always seems to be in the mix. He's got a couple of podiums. Oh, actually, does he have a couple? I don't know. One of them, he got the fuel all wrong, and yeah, not willing to go into that because I do not know the details. Yeah, um, <laughs> another win for Haas. Nikita Mazepin chucked in the fastest lap. I mean, I want to see the onboard of that lap. He must. He he's locked it in. He's such a great driver, Nikita, and he's obviously uh, hit every apex. Just screamed through the line and got that fastest lap. I mean, <laughs> I cannot believe we've had a, a Russell podium and a Nikita Mazepin fastest lap in the same. Grand Prix weekend, uh, yeah, beats me, but that's what happened, um, and yeah, obviously Max claw back at Lewis, um, I think, yeah, Lewis is all ahead by five points from memory, so just that little, little bit of spice there, which is, uh, always good, so yeah, that was the, uh, Belgian Grand Prix for 2021. Um, so just quickly, I just want to have an a little little rant, I think. Um, once again, come across my desk today on Instagram, uh, courtesy of Lewis Hamilton. I'm just going to read it out to you, what he put up. It's just a, a black screen with uh, this little paragraph. Uh, it just reads, Today was a farce, and the only people to lose out are the fans who have paid good money to watch this race. Of course, you can't do anything about the weather, but we have sophisticated equipment to tell us what's going on, and it was clear that the weather wasn't going to let up. We were sent out for one reason, one reason only. Two laps behind a safety car where there is no possibility to gain or lose a place or provide entertainment to fans. We should have just called it quits, not risked the drivers, and most importantly refunded the fans who are the heart of their sport now. I agree with 80% of it, but the 20% really eeks me, which makes me disagree with the whole lot of it. So essentially what he's saying... The fans, obviously, that looks like an absolute nightmare. Four hours to stand there in the rain and then didn't get a race anyway. I agree, that looked horrible. And it wasn't great for the sport, let's be honest. Um, yeah, that sucked. Uh, but the the bit I want to focus on here, which really doesn't sit... It's just weird. Um, he says, We were sent out for one reason and one reason only, two laps behind a safety car. Now, for those who don't know, two laps is the minimum you can have for a result essentially now by saying we were sent out for one reason and one reason only two laps behind a safety car he's sort of insinuating that that's a bad thing I don't think it is it's like no shit they wanted a result it's just a so such a weird comment for mine because I wanted a result the the only person in any situation I can imagine who didn't want a result is maybe, hmm, let me think, a driver who is currently behind their uh, direct rival, oh wait, that is your situation, Lewis, you were the only one who didn't want a result. Not the only one, probably, but the main one. Because you didn't you didn't qualify well. It's like, no, it just doesn't make sense. It's like he's taking this high ground. Or he's just assumed that that's a bad thing for everyone else because it was bad for him. It's like, no, I wanted a result. Of course you were sent out. He's like, we were sent out for one reason, one reason only. Two laps behind a safety car. It's like he's cracked the Da Vinci code in that. It's like, no shit, that was the reason. 
I don't get it. I don't get your point. <laughs> it's like, of course. Of course they wanted a result. As if F1 didn't want a result. As if they didn't want to spend a weekend in Belgium just to not get a result. I get that it took four hours to get there and that it probably wasn't handled the best it could. But, of course. And it's the bit that things, like it, I can sort of understand the argument that, oh, it wasn't really fair. Yeah, but uh, punting your rival into a barrier at Cop's Corner also isn't the fairest of moves. It's life's not fair, champion. And it's not like it was just some random order that they were put in. Like, it wasn't like it was a reverse grid and old Nuff Nikita or something was at the front on pole. No, that was the result from qualifying. If you qualified well, you you would uh, positively... What do you call What's a word? Oh, words. You probably need words for a podcast, eh? But yeah, if you were put... If you qualified well... You, you got a good uh, race result. It like it. Just qualify better, Lewis. If you were in, if he was ahead in that race and Max was in third, there is absolutely no chance that message comes out. He probably would have said, "Look, got a feel for the fans today. Thanks for sticking with us so long." <laughs> there is no chance there is a big rant like that. And I'm not saying Max wouldn't have done the same. He probably would have, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's this. But Lewis has made this argument, so I'm going to him. It's the stupidest thing I've heard. It's not even. It's just weird. Like, why would you say that? It's like, it's just. It's very hard to like Lewis Hamilton sometimes when he does this. I, I gen for the most part, I like him, but this stuff just ugh. It's like he lost, and it's just blame everyone else. Do better in qualifying. Uh, like, uh, we seen it at Monaco. Was that this year? Uh, no, I don't know what it was. Just blame the team. Ugh, it's just, ugh. It's just little moments. It's just, ugh. Get it together, champion. Right, now, during the week, I made some uh, predictions for the Belgian Grand Prix. Eh, mixed results. Wasn't too bad, actually. Uh... I'll just read them out to you. I put them on Instagram during the week. Follow me on Instagram at uh, Slicks on in the wet with underscores. Uh, qualifying, I had Verstappen, Hamilton, Norris. Uh, not the worst. I had obviously had Verstappen right. Hamilton was third. And I don't hate that I put Norris in there. I knew they were going to be straight, in a, uh, straight, quick in a straight line. So I put Norris in there. And he looked the fastest, as I said earlier. So obviously, uh, barring a massive crash... He would have been thereabouts. So, obviously it's wrong, but don't hate it. Um, for the race, I had Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez. This one wasn't as flash. Uh, also got Verstappen right. Hamilton was third, obviously. Perez was uh, 18th or 19th. I can't remember which one. So, that one sucked, unfortunately. But, uh, what are you going to do? Um, did well to get Verstappen. Um, first in qualifying in the race, so I'll take that. Uh, I had a headline you'll see. I had George Russell scores points for the second race in a row, thanking myself. Uh, just knew it. I'm just good. I think I'm just good. Uh, just I just know George on a personal level. I like to think. Um, he doesn't know that yet, but I just, just seen this fire in him that he just wants to 
just wants to get going in that Williams while he's got the time because let's face it, he is not there next year, as confirmed by Toto Wolf. Um, not really, but all oh, but just quickly, he's so gone. <laughs> they said they've made the decision. Valtteri Bottas kept saying in the interview, there is no news to share, meaning there is news, but he doesn't really want to share it. And then after qualifying, um, Toto Wolf was like, he said something along the lines of, yeah, we know he's quick, and he's just proven that again today. So it's a little, 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 little sh- hey going to George Russell. So, but yeah, he's also uh, thoroughly enjoying his time at Williams right now. Uh, he's on top of the world. Um, so good on him. Uh, what a... Still cannot believe he finished second. A podium for Williams on merit, sort of. He didn't race, but qualifying was on merit. Oh, you're kidding. I had the number of Mazepins too. I don't think he spun. Oh, what a what a weekend by Nikita. Just oh, shout out. <laughs> Obviously, he got up in the soccer. I don't think he participated, but he was there in spirit. Fastest lap and didn't spin. Now, that is the bar for Nikita Mazepin, unfortunately, but he has surpassed the bar, so can't hate it, can't hate it. Right, moving on to our first segment of the podcast. Now, if you're a, if you're in Australia, you may have heard of a certain uh, segment, Ducks Dozen, that was quickly adapted by Sam Pang to the Sam Six. And now the masses are asking for it. We got the slick seven. Uh, it was the only uh, logical progression, and uh, here we are. So this is essentially just like seven things in no random order, and just list it. Very very simple. Uh, will this feature next week? <laughs> I don't know. It's not too bad actually. So it's a pay homage to the famous Radion and Rouge that we have at, at Belgium. That beautiful piece of track. We've got the the seven best. Uh, turns in Formula 1. Turns with an asterisk because there are... Most of these are like two or three turns. Best little sections of uh, Formula 1 track. So, yeah, let's get into it. One of seven, uh, Australia. Turn 11, 12 or 9 and 10 or on the new layout. That is the quick at the end of the straight, the left and then right. It's like... I, I, I think... It'd be up there in G's. It's very good to watch when you get right. You're whipping in and you hold. It's not really quick. It's sort of you whip it in and you whip it again. It's um really good to watch. Really easy to stuff up. But when you get it right, it's so, so satisfying to watch. And if you play the uh, F1 games, you'll know that it's really, really good to get right. And uh, one of the better features of Australia. And uh, yeah, one of the better, well, one of the seven best uh, sections of F1 track so that's one of seven two of seven i think this is on everyone's the baku castle section maybe not charlotte claire's uh he hasn't had a, a great run through there historically but uh no it's good it's good because obviously it's the tightest bit of track but you come in pretty quick it's it's a pretty quick little section that you can sort of straight line if you get it perfectly right and if you straight line it, you're like a centimetre off each barrier every side, uh, on each side. So you sort of straight line it up. And then even the bit after when you chuck it down into like second and you hook yourself onto the right-hand turn and you sort of creep up next to the barrier and out. That's even, it just, that's a little bit of spice to it. I really I enjoy it because of that. Obviously, it's um really satisfying when you nail it. Uh, not so fun when you put it into the wall. Uh, I will mention that. 
bit of a bit of a bummer when that happens, but for the most part, really, really fun bit of track. Uh, number three of seven, uh, the Wall of Champions at Canada. Another omission from the uh, the Formula One calendar this year, obviously through COVID and no one's fault whatsoever, but it's a great way to finish a lap, eh? You know, you come off the uh, the straight and you've got this nice, really high-speed chicane that can just really make or break a lap. And obviously it's called the Wall of Champions because, so you turn right and then left onto the onto the straight and on the right, um, it's just a wall, really close. So you sort of go up and get as close as you can without touching it and uh, obviously the champions miss it and the not-so-champions uh, are missing two right wheels. So... Yeah, sort of make or break at the end of a lap. Uh, yeah, it's really it's, it would be good on its own, but the positioning of it at the end of a lap, as I've said, is uh, sort of makes it, which is good. Uh, four of seven. I've got uh, turn eight, nine at Paul Ricard. Um, I, don't, I think it's severely underrated. It's the chicane that sort of breaks up that back straight, where it, we obviously seen uh, earlier in the year a lot of the overtaking was done there, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's good because it's it's high speed. The first one's really tight, so it's a left right. The first left's really tight, but then it sort of opens up, and you can use a lot of curb. And you sort of uh, don't know. You sort of go down to like fourth to really tuck it in, and then go down again. But then you sort of it sort of trails out. Oh, it's just it's good to get right. I don't know how to explain it really. It's just uh, just good, and it's obviously good for overtaking, which. Also helps uh, five of seven. The final turn, which is turn fourteen at Zandvoort. Um, it's the big bank. It's pretty much a wall ride uh, onto the onto the home. The, what do you call it? The, the start finish straight. It's just different. As I said earlier, I really like like <laughs> elevation changes and all that are just fun because they're fun. <laughs> you know, it's just fun to look at. Um, and Zanvoort, yeah, it's just this almost wall ride. A lot of uh, banking, uh, camber, I think these are the words they use. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's purely there because my big dumb brain enjoys watching it. No other reason. Thanks for coming. Number six of seven, uh, the final two turns at Austria. I think everyone loves this. And I think this is the only, so to give it, it's like two right handers. You turn, it's really quick though. And um, I think there's two reasons. This is like the only place where having concrete runoff is sort of good because it, it makes it high speed. If there if there's a gravel trap there on the left, I don't think people are going to enjoy it as much. Or maybe they w- would. Maybe I'm chatting. But yeah, and then the second right-hander. I love how you can use a lot of curb there. It sort of feels like you're cutting the corner, but you're not. It just makes you feel special. So it's just really high speed, but... Get it right, and you're right. Sort of like the Wall of Champions at the end of the um, it's at the end of a lap. You get it right, you're good. Get it wrong, unlucky lad. So got that there, and then of course the slick seven, Radion and Rouge. We've talked about it before. Just looks cool. Obviously, it might be a bit unsafe. Obviously, we've had some uh tragedies there. So Antoine Hubert, and then that W Series crash on the weekend. Um may need a bit of doing up but it it's just a staple of F1 I think and uh, there's can't really look past that so yeah that's the slick seven tell me if you want that back again who knows <laughs> maybe we'll see 
All right, it's time for Grill the Grid. Now, this is not to be mistaken with the popular uh, YouTube series by the Formula 1 channel, Grill the Grid. No, this is uh, where we take a person, team, thing in the Formula 1 world and just... I'll just tell you why I hate it for a second. Hate's a strong word. Probably not hate it. Just dislike. Just a general dislike. Now, originally this was going to be Valtteri Bottas, but then through... Uh, maturing and wisdom, it's now Mercedes as a whole. I... <laughs> There's only so much... It's not Bottas's fault that he's been there. I think he gets a lot of unnecessary hate. It's as if he's... Like, that. Like it was his decision to be there. No, it's Mercedes. They give him the seat, and I don't know why, because it wouldn't be as bad as if you didn't have Formula 2 champion and future... Formula 1 champion George Russell just sitting there I cannot understand why that man is employed at the uh, the top echelon that is uh, Mercedes AMG Petronas Formula 1 team like he's done nothing he's an alright qualifier but his race sucks I mean that man sniffs rain pack your bags son because it's not going to be pretty he just He's just not it. He just ain't it, Chief. And it's just, it's hard, it's hard to watch because he's so, he, he could hide because some uh, for a bit there because Mercedes were that good. And he would just, he'd be second, but he'd be like way behind Hamilton, but he'd still be second because the Mercedes car was that good. But we're starting to see he's just not it. I mean, Monaco was, he was 15th on pace in a Mercedes, you're kidding, uh, from memory, he was nowhere at Baku, I can't remember, maybe, but yeah, I, so, but that isn't a dig at him, because Mercedes is the one employing him, when they know, surely Toto was sick of having him there, I mean, just, I mean, he eats porridge for breakfast, which which winner has ever eaten porridge for breakfast? Get a get a few wheat bix in you, and then we'll see. But just at the moment, like just 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 leave Valtteri Bottas, and that's not a dig at Valtteri Bottas because it's not his fault. Mercedes get George Russell in that seat immediately. He beat him last year. They put him in the Mercedes for a race, and he beat him. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll just keep going with Bottas." What? Like, come on. Just just leave. Just just nudge him back to Alfa Romeo, wherever he's going. I don't know, but I've had enough of it. Thanking you. Rightio, as we hit the uh, the start-finish straight of this uh, debut podcast, we're going to move to Zanvoort. That is where we're heading this weekend. And I've got some predictions, uh, similar predictions I had for um, Belgium. Just gonna give you a one, two, three for qualifying and a one, two, three for uh, the race on Sunday. So Saturday, I think Lewis, um, for no other reason than gut feel, just cause. I think after we've seen that little little heated message, um, as I read earlier, bit of fire in the belly, and I love a bit of fire in the belly. Uh, this is barring weather, by the way. It could be pissing rain as well. I don't know. Will George win? I, who knows? Any, anything can happen. Nikita. Chuck Nikita in there. I don't know. Um, But 
we're thinking dry day, so obviously Max will be two. And then, <laughs> in one of the more hypocritical moments of the podcast, uh, Valtteri Bottas three. <laughs> I know we've just said for the last fifteen minutes about uh, why he sucks and should get demoted to F four, but he's pretty good qualifying. <laughs> I'll hold my hand up for that one. Uh, he's pretty good at qualifying. And, I don't know, I just think Mercedes is going to be good this weekend. As, once again, no other reason than gut feel. Sunday, however, um, I reckon one of, one of the famous Lewis winning qualifying and then just lead every lap. Domination is going to happen. I haven't seen one in a while. And I'm nearly, nearly, nearly due, I reckon. I wouldn't mind it. No, I would, but, you know, I haven't seen one in a while. I miss it. Take me back. I think we're going to get one of them. Max second. And then anyone can get that third. Perez. Perez hasn't been anywhere for a month. Uh, we haven't, we've had one race in the last month, Charlie. Fix it. Um, but yeah, like the last few races, I mean, he's obviously nowhere at um, Spa. Hungry, he DNF'd. Silverstone, he had a shock in sprint qualifying and then was nowhere. So... Yeah, I reckon Perez for a little bounce back. Because um, Bottas, um, going back on what I went back on, he sucks in the race. So, I stand by that. Uh, headline you'll see, Danny Rick outperforms Lando on pace. Not just, I'm not just talking, because like, Danny Rick has technically had better like race finishes than Lando, but he, he hasn't beaten him like on pace like you just know who's winning like Lando was quicker than Daniel this weekend but then he binned it because of a bit of skill and a bit of there was a lake um but like on genuine pace I reckon Danny Rick he might have found a little groove here so I reckon Danny Rick gonna outperform Lando that's my headline uh the number of Mazda spins uh he's, he's he proved me wrong and I'm happy to do that. I'm going to go zero. I don't think Nikita will spin this week. Um, there's not much in-depth analysis I can go into on that prediction. Uh, once again, gut feel. A lot of that. Uh, and the final one, will Giovinazzi's hair look good? Uh, yes. One of the more underrated drivers, I think. I reckon he's got the got the goods. And he's also got a ripping hair. Uh, ripping head of hair. It's uh, one of the more voluminous cuts. Uh, the Italian Jesus, some might say, and uh, I can be all about that. So, Joe Vinazzi's hair will look good. Um, will that ever be a no? Doubt it. But, it's hard to say no when his hair looks that goddamn good. So, Okay, that brings us to the end of the Slicks on in the Wet podcast. That was episode one, Belgian Grand Prix edition. Uh, that wasn't too bad, I don't think. I didn't mind that. I hope you had... A little bit of an insight into the uh, the world of Formula One. I hope you enjoyed it a little bit. Um, uh, hope you come back. If I can be completely honest, but yeah, obviously, thanks so much to everyone who's listened to this. Um, obviously, want to do this uh, for a long time. You know, um, yeah, I love this sort of stuff, and uh, it's uh, it's so grateful to anyone who can, you know, maybe just have a look for five minutes and see what's going on. But yeah, no, I do appreciate it, and I. Um, I thank you greatly, and uh, yeah, look, I'll see you next Tuesday uh, at Zambor. Say hello.